with the nugget and it begins Asso the association with the world the association with the world necessitates the association association with the world necessitates I can't get the word right out but you know what I'm saying necessity. yeah necessity <laughs> too many s's sharing its calamities and its judgments. So if you associate with the world, you're going to have to share its calamities and judgments. Now think about what's going on now. Don't share with the world. You are above and beyond that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, today is the 15th. And President Trump has declared this day, the 15th of March, to be a national day of prayer. So recall that this day. So we're just going to start off with prayer at this point for what's taking place. Father God, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that you are the almighty God, our creator, Father God, our redeemer, Father God as we've sung, that you're a good, good father. And Father God, that blessings follow those that love you. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, Father God, if your people, Father God, we would repent of our wicked ways, Father God, that you would heal our land. So Father God, as Christians, Father God, as believers, we repent, Father God, of what we have not properly done, Father God, in blessing our country, Father God, and taking our place rightfully, Father God, as Christians in the political world, especially, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you will turn things around. You will bless us, Father God, because your people across this land, Father God, this day, as our president has called for prayer for this land. Thank you, Lord, it will be turned around, Father God. The virus, Father God, this coronavirus, Father God, that is upon the world, Father God, is setting calamity, Father God, around, Father God. I thank you, Lord, it will not touch or scorch our land, Father God, as such. We are a people, Father God, that desire you, Father God, in our lives, in our country, Father God. We once again repent, Father God, for the wickedness and the corruption, Father God, that we have allowed to penetrate our country. We thank you, Lord, that you will you will, Father God, take care of this matter decisively, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you place men and women in positions of authority in our land, Father God, that will honor the Constitution, that will honor you. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord. You have blessed this land before, and you will continue to bless it as long as we, your people, love you and praise you and thank you 
and repent of our evil ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Anytime the enemy does something, God reacts. In the Garden of Eden, the enemy attacked, brought an attack upon mankind. And God created a way, a situation that would clear and help mankind. Glory to God. But the devil uh, doesn't want to give up that easy. And uh, we get caught in the middle of it. You know, the whole world is in turmoil today, or much of it is. Um, certain countries are sh shutting down everything. And uh, people are panicking. I, I don't know if you've been out to the stores lately. I've been to the store a couple, I've been to two or three stores. I can't even get in, in line to get anything. And when you get in there, you can't find what you're wanting to get, just on the normal basis. I went to the uh, vegetable shelf, and my gosh, it was picked clean. Of course, you know, with the water and, the, and, and any paper, uh, it's gone. So... We've got to really look to the Lord here. Um, I, want to, I would like to, us to turn to the book of Isaiah for a moment. In Isaiah chapter 10, the people of Israel were being attacked. And uh, they were being attacked from the outside. And, and of course, there are those that within, within the people of Israel that are, what are we going to do? How are we, you know, there's murmuring and complaining within the group. So, you know, they're being attacked from the outside. They're, they're, there's murmuring and complaining within. I think you see what's happening here. You know, we're being attacked from the outside, but we have those that are in positions of authority that are uh, attacking. You know, they're using uh, the, this virus as a political ploy, as, as you know. Um, so if we go to uh, chapter 10 of Isaiah. I want us to look at beginning with verse 23, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified. That's uh, Isaiah chapter 10, beginning with verse 23 uh, from the Amplified. For the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will make a full end. Whatever is determined or decreed in Israel in all the midst of the earth. So if something's going to happen... God's making a decree. He's going to say, I'm putting a stop to this. Glory to God. And we've got to have faith and believe what he says. Amen. Therefore, verse 24, Therefore says the Lord, the Lord of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, or America, do not be afraid of the corona. Okay. okay. <laughs> who smites you with the rod and lifts up his staff against you as you as the king of Egypt did. For yet a little while, my, my indignation against you shall be accomplished, and my anger shall be directed to the destruction of the virus. I'm, you know, I'm amplifying this myself. Okay. 
Verse 26, And the Lord of hosts shall stir up and banish a scourge against them, as it was he smote the Midian at the rock of Oreb, and his rod was over the Red Sea, so shall he lift it up as he did in the flight from Egypt. The Lord is putting up, going to put up a, a stop sign for this virus. Amen. Gonna say, this is enough. That's right. Verse 27. And it shall be that day that the burden of the, the virus shall depart from your shoulders. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which pre prevents it from the ground going around in your neck. Okay. I like it from, uh, from the uh, King James. And, you shall, and it shall come to pass that in that day his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. God's anointing is up, going to be upon this land as we Christians pray. Repent of our wicked ways because we have allowed too much to happen. We've got to turn things around, and I believe he's going to help us turn things around. He's, he has things in play, so don't allow things uh, to bother us too much. Uh, the people of God had an enemy. And um, Isaiah's day, God's people were being fought by, uh, fought by an enemy. Every one of God's people has an enemy. It's the, the devil. If you're a believer, you have an enemy trying to smite you, trying to attack you, just because. And sometimes we lose a, a battle or a skirmish, but we have the victory because we, we know what's, what the Lord says in the end. He says he's going to take care of it. So we have to trust him, even though things are happening. We have to trust him. Glory to God. Amen. Go back to verse 25. For a little while, and my indignation shall be against you, and it shall be accomplished, and my anger shall be directed at the destruction of the virus. I'm changing it a little bit, but praise God. Okay. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. They may not like it. Those who say, well, you're, you're crazy, but hey. God said he took care of Pharaoh, and he'll take care of our, our enemies. That's right. God... God acknowledges that we have an enemy. Two, God is going to destroy the enemy. Amen. The enemy has come to kill, still and destroy us, but he's going to destroy the enemy. Amen. The devil will bother folks like you and I to try to take us off our faith, remove our faith. It's not our warfare, but it's God's warfare. But we have to stand tall, trusting him. Glory to God. When we live by faith, you will have problems. Because the enemy says, I'm going to have to take their faith, steal their faith. But there is solutions because God is on our side. Glory to God. In verse 24 of that uh, chapter 10 of Isaiah, Therefore, says the Lord of hosts, O my people who dwell in it, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid who smites you and lifts up the staff against you. Don't be afraid. Amen. Amen. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Glory to God. Be not afraid. 
Fear is the tool of the devil to stop your progress. Fear tries to stop your progress. You know, you're moving ahead with God and all of a sudden something happens. Oh, it's, if this happens again, I'm, I'm finished. I'm through. No, don't fear. Don't fear. God says, fear not. Be not afraid. And many of us will say, but you don't know what I'm facing. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Thank God you can say, God has not given me a spirit of fear. The outside world could say that. You know, I'm fearful of it. But God has not given me a spirit of fear because he's given me the victory. Because I am a covenant woman, a covenant man. Covenant blessings are mine. Glory to God. The spirit of fear can be transferred from one person to another. You see it running rampant. I mean, you went, oh, when I tried to go to the grocery store, man, the, I mean, the aisles, every aisle was full. Shopping carts were all over. And they were full of all paper goods and all water. I just came in from just, you know, what? Yeah. But thank God, my God says. He fulfills all my, takes care of all my needs. So I thank you, Lord. This thing's going to be over before they even think about it. Because he's given our president the knowledge and wealth of how to deal with this thing. And it's going to fall apart. And people are going to look at this Again, look at this nation. This America has something different about them because they are prospering and no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Glory to God. God said, don't be afraid of the enemy. We have a real enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy from us. Don't fear him. But don't pretend he's not there. A lot of people, when they get symptoms... Well, I, 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 I'm here. You know, you got, you got symptoms on you. You have to believe you got symptoms, but they deny the fact that they're, they don't belong there. I am the healed. They right. do not belong here. That's right. Amen. I am an overcomer. This, this thing will soon pass. It'll go. Yes. Don't deny it because people will see it. Hello. But don't fear it either. You've got the victory. You've got the victory. Glory to God. Again, verse 25 says, In a little while it'll be over. In a little while it'll be over. How long, Lord? Can't I wait? It's going to be over, he says. Don't worry. I will supply all your needs. I meet all your needs. Don't panic. The devil likes to, to push panic. And look at the panic. I mean... You get, we get a few cases and the world's going crazy out there and all of a sudden people panic. Where's the panic? Well, you know what the grocery stores look like. I mean, you, you try to drive past, can't even get in the parking lot of these big stores. It's crowded and people are you know, rushing here and there. Don't panic. Amen. Give you a definition of panic. A sudden and unreasonable overpowering fear. A sudden and unreasonable overpowering of fear. Two, resulting from sudden fear. 
Three, a distrust. Oh, I don't know if they're going to have it. Um, four, groundless fear. Most of the time, there are no grounds for fear. The Greek god for fear was named Pan. The Greek god for fear was named Pan. And what word do we get? Panic. The Greek god is running wild here. There's panic. Stop it. Stand tall. First Peter chapter, well, let's turn there. Let's go to First Peter. We need to do this today and every day, actually. First Peter. Like I said, this is, I know it's in here. I passed it up one time. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Lord's speaking to us here. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for grace that is brought to you unto, unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our covenant blessing. We have hope. Don't fear. Gird up your mind. Don't let the enemy attack you with fear and panic. Use God's word. Confront him. Use your shield of faith. Stop all these fiery darks. Speak the word. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the devil finds out he can push your panic button, quote unquote, he keeps on pushing it. Oh, it happened here. What if something happens there? Look at some of them. He had it over there. The neighbor had it over there. I mean, it just goes. He finds out you got panic, he'll just keep on pushing it. And some people are tormented about it. I mean, I never seen so many people in there. I tried to get in the parking lot. I said, I got to go in there. I'm driving around. Go up one line in the car. One lane, down the next lane. One lane. I mean, it's just wild. Try to find a parking space. People are honking their horns and stomping. You know. wow. There's a lot of panic out there. Now let's, uh, since we're in New Testament, let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5. Uh, we'll, we'll begin with verse 21. Mark 5, 21. Uh, King James. And then Jesus was passed over again by the ship to the other side. Much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay thy hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed them and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, 
And she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I will touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she left, felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing of him, in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Why seeth the multitude thronging thee? And thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Okay. We're getting to where I want to get now. While he yet spake, there came a ruler of the synagogue, the house certain, house certain, that said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thy master any further? Verse 36 is what we want to look at. As soon as Jesus heard the word that, she, that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. As soon as the word was spoken, as soon as the word was spoken, Jesus said, Be not afraid. Don't panic. As soon as you hear the word, coronavirus, Don't listen to it. Don't be afraid of it. Glory to God. And he had suffered no man to follow him and save Peter, James, and John and his brother James. Okay, we know that they said she was dead. Forget it. Forget it, she's dead. Don't listen. Those are negative Words, those are words of the world. That's the world system's trying to speak to you. The virus is, well, it's going to go back in our time. A few years back, uh, John G. Lake went to a place that had, I can't remember what the disease was. Bluebonic plate, was it? Anyway. And the, and, and the reporters and everything, aren't you afraid to go in here? He says, no. He says, go take a little of that saliva off that, off that person over there and put her in the microscope. And they did that and they looked and the little, little old bugs are climbing all over the place. There you, okay. Let me touch it. So they're watching in the, in the mi microscope and they touched that saliva or whatever it was. All those bugs were dead. That virus is dead. It can happen. Don't listen to the world. You've got the power. But the power's in your mouth. Don't yield to the devil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Act as Jesus said. Believe and trust God and 
his uncompromising word. Jesus said, just believe the word. Oh, glory to God. And many will say, you're a nut for believing that. You're a nut. Now, somebody, you can walk in a crowd and not get, get the virus. Hey, Amen. it comes on me, it's going to die. That's right. You got to believe it. That's right. You're above and beyond Amen. the world's ways. Think highly of yourself. Amen. The anointing's upon you. Amen. As long as you fulfill what God's called you to do. Amen. When you panic, you don't think rationally. When you panic, you don't think rationally. When you panic, you don't remember the word that was given to you. What's the word say? I'm victorious. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would walk in health. Oh, glory to God. Because you got the word in you. Glory to God. You remember last week's message? Think about it. Last week's message was God's goodness. God's goodness means you triumph. God doesn't put things on you. He, he takes those bad things away and gives you good things. God's goodness, you triumph. We need to speak the positive. God only spoke positive things to bring deliverance to his people. You're his child. You think he's going to do anything less? Nope. Glory to God. The joy of knowing the Lord is your strength. Yes, amen. Strength to what? To combat anything that comes against you. It's the virus, for, for example. Oh, the finances are going to fall, fall apart. No. God's able to provide Amen. above and beyond what you ask or think. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's action and reaction, I would think, if you want that part of the sermon. Okay, part two. I don't know if we'll get through this one. It's going to start with this uh, coronavirus. With the current uh, newscasts relating to the coronavirus and the implications that this is a worldwide epidemic, there has been a chain reaction that there be possibly greater troubles. Okay? Uh, it's going to be an economical disaster. Uh, <laughs> all food is going to be destroyed. Everybody's going to lose their job. Everybody's going to lose, lose money. Just a couple of things. You know, all that type of stuff is really going to add to your problems, right? I mean, why, if you got your own problems, you should not have them. But, I mean, having this one is, you know, you know putting a little more stress on you. Trouble is relative. Trouble is relative. What is trouble to you may, me, may not be trouble to me. You know, you know well, I can't get this thing done, you know. Uh, I could do that, you know. So it could be for somebody else, you know. 
or what's <laughs> trouble for the law, I mean, you know, or what's trouble for me, the law doesn't care about it because it's not our trouble, right? Okay? What is certain is that everybody in life will have troubles come your way because the enemy's there. Okay? We haven't got rid of him yet. I'm going to give you Evangelist George Whitfield. Evangelist George Whitfield. He lived uh, in the 1700s. 1740, uh, 1714 to 1777. Uh, he said this. If God in his wisdom allows there to be thorns in your bed, it's only to awaken you from your spiritual death. Wow. Thorns are there to wake us up. Spiritual death. And to wake you up to his mercy. So if there's thorns, oh, glory to God, I fall upon your mercy. Glory to God. This is, what is, this is some wisdom some of these people had back then. Or if you are a true believer, and he still puts thorns in your bed, uh-oh, oh my gosh. It's only to keep you from falling into complacency. Oh, wow. Don't fall into complacency. Thank God. Start shouting it out louder. God's my source. Those thorns will remind you that you still need God. When these things come out, I still need God. Glory to God. Sometimes we get, look at the children of Israel. And they got, they got, they got in the promised land. They got, they got all the wealth and they, they were feeling good and everything on abundance. And pretty soon they just kind of forgot about God and say, wow, you know, those, uh, those idols over there look pretty neat. Let's go see what they do. They got complacent. We can't be complacent with our God. Amen. Glory to God. So that's what George, uh, evangelist George Whitfield said. God, now listen to this. You're going to say, uh-oh. God will use troubles to accomplish his purposes. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's hard, hard to say, but it's for several reasons. One is that we don't often see troubles as having spiritual significance. Number one, is that we don't often see troubles as having sig spiritual significance. Sometimes troubles will come because we're kind of lax in our spirituality. So we, troubles will come. The enemy will bang you on the side of the head. Number two, we refuse to believe that God is work, that we refuse to believe that God can work in problems. I know, this is out of God's hands, you know. I've got to rely on the bankers, whatever. Number three, more often than that, when troubles come our way, we are defeated by them. Oh, man, I, I know I can't do that, so we, we speak defeat. So we can't allow these troubles to uh, overtake us. Now turn to the book of Genesis real quick. Um, we want to go to Genesis chapter 4. 45, and in this area here, after we're going to be looking at Joseph's life, and uh, Joseph had some problems. His, bro his brother sold him. I mean, how would you like to be, be the, at the time to be the youngest child, and uh, and your brothers are jealous. Or your family's jealous. Let's sell. Let's kill Joseph first, and then just say some beast got him or something, or he, or you know, or let's better yet, there's a let's let's get him become a slave. Let's sell him out. How'd you like to be sold out by your 
brothers or sisters. You know. uh -huh. Ha, 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 you know. But anyway, uh, note what Joseph said in Genesis chapter 45. In Genesis chapter 45, in ver beginning of verse 17. He's talking to, about his brother, to his brothers at this time. Um, Genesis 45, verse 7. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not that you that sent, pardon me, now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. What? God put him into troubles? Oh, wow. And he made him to be the father of Pharaoh and the lord of all his house and ruler throughout the land of Egypt. God used that troubles that uh, his brothers gave him to save the world at that time. Oh, glory to God. Uh, let's go to chapter 50. Now, dad has died and all the brothers are now fearful what Joseph's going to do. Dad's gone and... Uh, now Joseph's going to get us all. Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. God can turn the bad things around and make it good. That's right. You know, um, China is trying to be the number one world power in, uh, in the world. And unfortunately, we have allowed China to take a lot of, we've, we've shipped a lot of jobs over to China. And, and one of the jobs is that of manufacturing uh, store-bought drugs. They, they control Three quarters, I think it's three quarters of the, of the drugs that we use in, in, in our world, in our, our nation, comes from China. You know, some of these jobs need to come back where we don't have to rely upon different countries. And I thank, I thank the Lord that uh, President Trump is putting a kibosh on certain things, and, and a lot of things are coming back to our country that we can move out right and not have to rely upon, just like... Uh, we are the world's leading um, resource of coal, gas, oil. We don't have to rely on others anymore. We're independent. But we need to be independent on certain things. They also say that all the tissue paper comes from China. I don't know how true that is, but... <laughs> well, we'll skip that one, all right? So what, meant, what the devil meant for destruction, God is able to turn things around. Joseph was a good witness in all his troubles. Joseph was a good witness in all his troubles. This is the second one. This is the second sermon. Witness. Are we witnessing? Are we witnessing during this coronavirus? Are we joining the panic? Are we joining the world? Um, Joseph was a good witness in his troubles with Potiphar, with the jailer, with the baker and uh, the cup bearer, Joseph was a good witness. We need to be a good witness. Whatever, whatever is be trying to befall you or trouble you, you've got to be a good witness. 
can't go around, oh, this is a gloomy day. No, God's going to take, take the gloom out of the way. He's giving me the umbrella for the rain. It's not going to affect me. You've got to believe that way. This is the way God sees it. Amen? Okay. Okay, now let's go to Philippians. Uh, Book of Philippians, chapter 1. We got a double header this morning. I don't know if you'll finish, though. Philippians, chapter 1. Verse 12, Philippians 1, verse 12. Paul is speaking. But I would, but I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to, unto me have fallen out rather un, unto the furnaces of the gospel. The gospel needs to be preached. Paul said what happened to him serves to advance the gospel. So what happens to you, you need to say, this is going to furnace the gospel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Paul could have focused on his troubles. You know, I'm, throwing, I'm being thrown in jail. I'm being stoned. You know, I'm being whipped. I'm, you know, I'm being beaten. But he remains focused on the gospel. He remains focused on the word. Whatever happens, we need to remain focused on the word. Don't look at the world situation. It's subject to change. It's a temporal thing. You are looking at eternal things. Mm -hmm. The word is eternal. It's going to keep you on the right path. Glory to God. So remain focused on the word. Paul saw trouble as an opportunity. Are you seeing an opportunity to show people that you're a good witness? Are we listening? Okay, glory to God. Now, uh, let's back up further, back further into the New Testament. Uh, Romans chapter 8. And we hear this one quite a bit, or you hear it from people quite a bit. Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 28. Here's, here's a verse a lot of Christians quote. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. It's, that's kind of misunderstood. Everything is good. Okay. Note the word, all things. This includes trouble. All things. God works for the good of those who love him. Even in trouble, God works good things for you. In troubles. So the, the, the Christian should rely upon God's word and not, not you know, uh, man's advice oftentimes. Whatever the trouble is, it's not too small for God to use it for his purpose. Whatever trouble is, not too small that God can't use it for his purpose. Paul, imprisonment. Oh, wow. How would you like to be in prison for, for being the dangerous, the most dangerous man on the planet because you speak God's word? 
Paul's, here's Paul's perspective. A prisoner and slave for Christ. That was Paul's perspective. Not a prisoner of the Roman government, but, but a prisoner for, and a slave for Christ. Troubles were Paul's opportunities in life. Troubles were Paul's opportunities in life. How many of you got troubles and you think it's an opportunity? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> Paul was under guard, you know, in prison. I'm looking at his prison. Paul was uh, under guard day and night by the Praetorium Guard. These are the elite guards of, of uh, Caesar at the time in, Roman, in Rome. These guards were changed, they changed every six hours. So there was a guard there with Paul every six hours. I mean, every 24 hours a day, but there was a guard that was changed every six hours. So there's four different soldiers each day. Amen? And that means there's, there's 28 times in a week that he had different guys. I mean, you know, if they just kept on giving different people. Um, and in two years, Paul could have contacted 3,000 guards. He's in prison for... for Two years. 3,000 guards Paul could possibly spoke to. What do you think Paul did every time a new guard came? Remember, he thought it as an opportunity. What was his opportunity? Paul would say, have you heard of Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. Amen. He was a witness, even in bad situations. Are you a witness in bad situations? We need to be good witnesses. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Coronavirus versus the gospel. Which will last? What's your testimony? Glory to God. Um, this is why the world cringes when a true witness of Jesus Christ is about. He witnesses even in trouble. What happened to Paul helped promote the gospel or advance the gospel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. God used Paul's trouble to encourage his bold testimony. Well, you can't go out there in the streets. I've got to do something. Here comes a new guard. Hey! <laughs> you know Jesus? And the guy can't get away. He's six, he's six hours there with this man. <laughs> Have you ever been chained to, pro to a problem? And did you allow Jesus to come in? Or did you allow Jesus' testimony to come, come forth? Now, how easy, how easily do we bring Jesus into, up in our conversations at work? How, how easily do you, or on the, on the job, or you know, on the streets, or, or shopping? It's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of us find it hard to speak to people about Jesus. I mean, you know, we kind of, mm, maybe they'll get mad at me. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, if you go knock, knocking on doors, witnessing, sometimes you get the door slammed in your face and they get shouted at and cursed at, you know what I'm saying? Uh, some some uh, do it very naturally. Uh, my wife can <laughs> get, get to talking to somebody about the Lord real quick, but, you know, but otherwise, sometimes it's awkward, you know, so. Um, but we need to reveal what real value is. What is the real value? What is the real value in your life? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what ultimately matters. Real value. The Lord Jesus Christ. Troubles need not be a stumbling block. The world thinks that we're trying to be perfect when we, we you know, um, still cling to or you, you believe in all that faith stuff when all this is going wrong? The world thinks you're nuts. Yeah. Uh, but if you, if you stand true, some of them will have their eyes open and, and we will receive, hopefully. Amen. We can say that the gospel of Jesus Christ, can we say that the gospel of Jesus Christ matters to us? Coronavirus, has it changed us? Has it changed your thoughts? Has any problem or trouble changed you from being a good witness? Trouble will reveal where our hearts run to. Trouble will reveal where our hearts run to. If we're single-minded, as we should be, and focus, we'll speak of the good news of the gospel. We'll be a good witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is our witness when trouble comes? Where is our or where is your witness when the trouble comes? It's so easy to get comfortable in the world's ways. Oh, you know, uh, uh, to follow the crowd, it's reasonable and it's expected. But as a witness for God, we need to do our job. Hello. God gave each of us gifts and talents to be unique for the job we're called to do. You've got a job. You're unique. <laughs> Glory to God. Press into your job. Glory to God. Now here's the big question. Why? Are believers, quote, Christians, not witnessing? Think about it. Why are not believers witnessing? I think the word is insecurity or fear. If you would, if we would ask someone, okay, I want you to witness, I can't do it. But... I'll let you go to the mission field for two weeks. They can witness on the mission field easy. But why not here? Think about it. If we go on the mission field, glory to God, it's a short time. And we can act like somebody else. 
We can act like somebody else. They, nobody knows us, so we can act. But when we, we come back home, we're mum's the word again. I'll think about it. Hello. Life becomes a mess because we don't do what God has called us to do. Acts 1.8 says, Ye shall be witness of, witnesses of me to Judea and all the world. Judea is your local home. Are you witnesses in Santa Maria? Oh boy, here we go. John chapter 15. In John chapter, oh my gosh. Might be able to push it through. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, looking at verse 12. Lord speaking, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. We are to love. John also says in one of the uh, small Johns, we are to love. They know us by our love. They know us by our love. What's going to bring people to the kingdom of God? Love. You're witnessing of love. Uh, telling people that they're wrong, or they're going to hell because of what they're doing, will not win them over. How did Jesus approach people that were in sin? Well, you know, you're pretty bad. I, I can see it. I can read. I know, your, I know your life from A to B or A to Z. You could have said that. No. He operated in love. And forgiveness. This is where a lot of Christians mess up. We say we walk in love, but we don't have forgiveness. Our life should be a witness. Amen. People. Well, take a look at your reactions. How you reaction. Your reaction will be a witness. Don't be part of, of an instigator to failure. Don't be part or partner to an, inst, to an instigation, instigation of failure. We are a people of love. Christians are. Unfortunately, there are far too many baby Christians out there who are bad witnesses to the world. Baby Christians are bad witnesses to the world. Even adult Christians are bad witnesses to the world. They would rather fight, bicker, point the finger, say, this is old me. Or I'm going to sue you for everything you got. Oh, wow. Boy, that, that's coming from a Christian. Jesus said, love one another. And also he said, in another place, forgive. And suing isn't quite there yet. We are to operate 
in the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's how, they, that's how our witness, when we are speaking to the world, but if we don't, are not operating those gifts, those people say, you go, you go to church and you act like that? I, I act like that and I don't have to go to church, so why, why, why should I go to church and be a hypocrite like you? Hello. Remember, when you judge someone, you open the door to be judged doubly. Ouch. Hello. Now here's another thought, a thought to ponder. Are we ashamed of the things of God? Trouble can make us a mess. Refuse to let someone steal your witness, especially the devil. If a person is going to fail, make sure you have no part in it or you don't add any part to their failure. Be a God kind of witness, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, forgiving. Glory to God. Go to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. Daniel, chapter 6. In Daniel, chapter 6. You know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that we need to get have examples of to follow through. Amen. Daniel chapter 6. And we want to go to verse 4. Daniel 6 chapter 6 verse 4. When the presidents and the priests sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault, for such as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. That is a mature witness for the Lord. They just saw him. They couldn't pin anything on him. He's a mature believer. Where's our trust? We need to live our lives as God has commissioned us Amen. to be a witness. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 tells us that a steward is required to be faithful. And each and every one of us is a steward unto God. We need to be faithful unto God. A steward or a servant needs to be a good witness. Hello. Amen. Okay. Go back. We're in oh, the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Psalms a moment. Psalms chapter 39. Well, 139, pardon me. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Psalms 139. Looking at the last two verses, Psalms 139. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Glory to God. That's good. I mean, we want the Lord to do that. And he says, you need to clean up here, Dave. Mm. Okay. Verse 24. And see if there any, be any wicked, in, in, wicked way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. Glory to God. Search me and lead me correctly. And that's what a, a good witness will do. Following the word of the Lord. Now, I'm just going to end it with these two things here. At the age of six, Fanny Crosby, she lived from 1820 to 1915. Uh, she was blind. She was, a, uh, she was one of the youngest uh, individuals. Uh, she, but she determined not to be confined to the change of darkness. In time, she became a mighty force of God through her hymns and her gospel songs. She was witnessing. Her secret, when you have, a, have the single mind of purpose, you look on your circumstances as a God-given opportunity for the furtherance of the gospel and rejoice at what God is doing, going to do. Pardon me, rejoice in what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. So start praising God for what he's doing and don't complain about, why don't you do this, God? You could have did it this way. He has better ways. Okay. Okay, are you ready for your quiz this morning? The quiz was from last week. When Jesus was baptized, you find this in the book of John. When Jesus was baptized and began his ministry, who baptized him? John chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. And what did he say about Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. By what authority did he say this? Hmm? Come on, think. I gave you a, a few, few questions back. We talked about this. Who gave him authority to say this? Okay, let's, we have to look back into John's, John's uh, parents. Who was John's parents? Remember? I'm all ears. <laughs> Go ahead, Anne. Zechariah. And, and what was Zechariah? Who was Zechariah? He was a priest. He was a Kohan. I, I guess that's what they, they call it, okay? Okay. John's authority came as a Kohan, a priest of God, because the priesthood was handed down from father to son, father to son. So he had... He was a priest, okay? His father was Zacharias, a priest. And what do priests do? 
What did priests do in those days? Boy. <laughs> they presented the lambs for sacrifices. And what did they do? They would ex examine the lamb. They would check the lamb out, make sure it was perfect. Okay? So it was John, John who presented the lamb, the Messiah, as the final sacrifice for Israel. The priest identified the sacrifice. The priest identified the sacrifice and certified that it was acceptable to be sacrificed. God made sure to have a priest of Aaron's line certify that this was a true lamb of God. How about that? Glory to God. Okay, next week's quiz. How many, let's go back to Genesis, how many clean animals came into the ark? Now, I'm not saying 952, but I'm saying clean animals, okay? How many types of clean, I'm not going to say types of clean animals, but how many clean animals came into the ark? you find that in Genesis chapter 6 and 7. Glory to God. So we got, you got two for, the one, for one today. And I got, still made it a couple of minutes over. Okay, glory to God. And I hear it. You hear it? What is it? It's beginning to rain, rain, rain for the sons and the daughters. Whosoever will come drink of these waters. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're getting, we got, you got rain both ways. You get the physical rain and I believe you got some spiritual rain this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Pick, pick your one. Um, action and reaction or action, reaction, witness. I, like I said, there was two thrown together. Okay, Father, we are praising you. We're just giving you thanks. This is the day you've made, Father God. Thank you, Lord. The rain has now stopped for a while. Then we go home. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we as children, Father God, are witnesses to a greater effect in Jesus' name. I spoke too soon on that stopping the rain here. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Glory.